welcome back once again to A Course in Miracles for Regular People. I'm Robin Smith, and this is episode number 13. Number 13. Some people think 13 is bad luck, but I like number 13 because my birthday is on the 13th. So for me, 13 is a good number. Anyway, we will be continuing in this episode with Section 2, Revelation, Time, and Miracles. And we'll pick up on that right after we give a shout out to our sponsor, Anchor. And we're back. So picking up in Section 2, Revelation, Time, and Miracles, I'm starting at the third paragraph if you have your own copy and you're reading along. So it says, awe should be reserved for revelation, to which it is perfectly and correctly applicable. It is not appropriate for miracles because a state of awe is worshipful, implying that one of a lesser order stands before his creator. You are a perfect creation and should experience awe only in the presence of the creator of perfection. The miracle, therefore, is a sign of love among equals. Equals should not be in awe of one another because awe implies inequality. It is, therefore, an inappropriate reaction to me. And I want to pause here. It's not the end of the paragraph, but I'm going to pause here because one of the first principles of miracles said that there is no difficulty in miracles. We don't see that in our daily lives. There are so many things that we think should be different, whether it's health-wise, relationship-wise, financially-wise, whatever the miracle is that we're needing the less we have of what we want, the bigger the miracle seems. And then when somebody comes along and works that miracle, we tend to think that that person is special. Oh, he's so anointed or she's so anointed. And people line up by the hundreds to have this particular person lay their hands on them. And that's a problem. Because when we do that, when we line up to have one particular person lay their hands on us, and we look at them with a state of awe, that's worshipful. And that is not appropriate. That human being is no better or higher than we are. We are all brothers and sisters. We are all equal. So I just wanted to get that in there. And I'm going to continue now. An elder brother is entitled to respect for his greater experience and obedience for his greater wisdom. He is also entitled to love because he is a brother and to devotion, if he is devoted. And that's a a fairly common word, and we we 
kind of have the idea of what it means, but I like to take words like that and look them up. So dictionary.com says that devoted is zealous or ardent in attachment, loyalty, or affection. So that's what devoted is. Jesus is devoted to us. He has, he is zealous and ardent in his attachment to us, in his loyalty to us, and to his affection for us. It is only his devotion, it says, okay, it is only my devotion that entitles me to yours. So Jesus is saying that he is entitled to our devotion because of his devotion to us. If he was not devoted to us, we would not, he would not deserve our devotion to him. So Jesus goes on to say here, there is nothing about me that you cannot attain. And he said that in scripture too. How many times? I know in the, in the book of John, he, he said, um, the things that I do shall you do also, and greater things than these, because I go to the Father. And here he continues, he says, I have nothing that does not come from God. And to that I wrote in the border, I said, I wrote the scripture, it is the Father within me, Jesus said. He does the works. And he said, he was saying, to put context around that, he was um, saying to the people, you think that these words that I speak are my own? They are not. It is the Father within me. He does the works. So Jesus said, the difference between us now is that I have nothing else. It took me some pondering to grasp that one. The difference between us now is that I have nothing else. Jesus is saying the difference between himself and ourselves is not that we have nothing that does not come from God, but we think that we have all kinds of things that we got or that we earned or that we accumulated. And we think that these things are important, these, these material possessions. And we do in this physical life. We need certain material possessions. We need some clothing to cover our bodies. We need some sort of shelter to protect us from the elements. And we need some, some sort of sustenance, some food to sustain our physical bodies. But Jesus is saying that the difference between us now is that he has nothing else. He has nothing that doesn't come from God. He does not look at anything that he has as if it did not come from God. And we still, we still do that. I'm sitting in my living room creating this podcast and I'm thinking, you know, I bought this house. I am paying for this house. My husband and I together, we're paying for this house. In actuality, someone built the house, but the house was inspired. The idea to build this house was an inspired idea. Inspiration comes from God. Now that I have purchased this house and am paying for this house, the income that comes to my husband and that comes to me that pays for this house, that income comes from God. 
whether that's from a job or from clients or whatever else, that income comes from God. Everything that we have comes from God. The Bible says um, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. So that's a good and perfect gift. I woke up this morning. I'm alive. I am here on earth to do something, to carry something out, to share something. And we all have that. And when we woke up today, that is a good and perfect gift that came from the Father. When we have food to eat, that is a good and perfect gift that comes from the Father. Everything that we have, and when we can acknowledge that everything that we have comes from God, that's when we're coming to a place where, like Jesus said, the difference between us is that I have nothing else, nothing that doesn't come from the Father. And as we can realize that, and that's what the, the workbook, after the text, there's the workbook, is there to help us to really to grasp that and to come to that place where everything that we see, we understand that it doesn't have any meaning unless we acknowledge that it came from God. But that's a long way away getting into the, the workbook. But let's just get back to this. Um, so Jesus said, the difference between us now is that I have nothing else. This leaves me, Jesus said, in a state which is only potential to you. So that's just what I was just saying that, you know, everything, when we can acknowledge that everything that we have is a good and perfect gift from God. So that's the end of that paragraph. Next paragraph, Jesus said, No man cometh unto the Father but my, by me does not mean that I am in any way separate or different from you, except in time. And time does not really exist. Time does not really exist. Let's uh, refer back to principles number 13 and 15. Number 13 starts out, miracles are both beginnings and endings, and so they alter the temporal order. Jumping down to number 15, the purpose of time is to enable you to learn how to use time constructively. It is thus a teaching device and a means to an end. Time will cease when it is no longer useful in facilitating learning. So then Jesus continued back in the, in the text. He said, the statement is more meaningful in terms of vertical rather than horizontal access. And again, he's talking about no man cometh unto the Father but by me. The statement, that statement is more meaningful in terms of a vertical rather than a horizontal axis. Jesus said, you stand below me and I stand below God. In the process of rising up, and that's in quotes, I am higher because without me, the distance between God and man would be too great for you to encompass. I bridge the distance as an elder brother to you on the one hand and as a son of God on the other. My devotion to my brothers has placed me in charge of the sonship, which I render complete because I share it. This may appear to contradict the statement, I and my father are one, 
But there are two parts to the statement in recognition that the Father is greater. So that's the end of that paragraph. So I think the most important part in this paragraph is that the statement, no one comes to the Father but by me, is a statement of vertical rather than horizontal access. In other words, Jesus knows the Father better. He lived before us. The Bible says he is before all things, and in him all things consist and hold together. So Jesus was before all of us, and so he knows he knows the Father better. So without him being between God and us, we would not be able to reach that. But because Jesus came and lived as one of us, we can relate to him. And as we relate to Jesus, then Jesus helps us to relate to God. He said he bridges the distance as an elder brother to you on one hand and as a son of God on the other. He said, my devotion to my brothers has placed me in charge of the sonship. Sonship is a word that is used a lot in the text here. I believe this is the first time we, we hear it. it. The sonship refers to all of us that God created as a group. It's one word that refers to the whole group. So his devotion to his brothers has placed him in charge of the sonship. And Jesus said that he renders the sonship complete because he shares it. And that's going back again to the idea of us all being one. There really, in reality, is no separation between us. It looks like there's a separation between us because we see our individual bodies. We see our individual circumstances. We see our individual achievements. We see our individual successes or lack of success. And we see that as separation. The sonship is a word that makes us all one. So Jesus rendering the sonship complete because he shares it. This may appear to contradict the statement, I and my father are one. But there are two parts to the statement in recognition that the Father is greater. This brings to my mind the verse in Psalms somewhere where it says, Where can I go to hide from your spirit? If I go to the top of the highest mountain, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths of Sheol, you are there. If I fly on the wings of dawn, you are there. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. And another place in, in Scripture, he said, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. And he said to God, as I am in you, and you are in me, so may they be in us. And the way that I see that is that everything that exists, exists within and is created of the energy that God is. God is spirit. And that spirit is, contains or is the energy that everything that exists is created of. So we're all within God. 
And at the same time, God, the Father, is greater because he created everything and encompasses everything. Okay, I think that's enough for today. I think the main things that we need to remember from this one is that awe is not appropriate in the presence of miracles because miracles are a sign of love among equals. Awe needs to be reserved for revelation because revelation comes directly from God and God is greater than we are. Also, again, the oneness, the sonship, us all being one rather than separate individuals and acting in love for the the betterment of each other is acting in love for the betterment of ourselves. That's that oneness. And so I thank you for coming and listening again today. I really appreciate everyone who's been listening to my podcast. I have recognized now that I have listeners all around the world. So I really feel very grateful and appreciative to each one of you who listen. And since you're listening, I hope that you're liking what you're hearing. And if you are, please forward it around, share it with your friends and family, with people that you think will enjoy it. Also, I would really appreciate if you want to visit my A Course in Miracles for Regular People Facebook page, you can leave comments or questions. You can also go to anchor.fm and you can leave me a voice message if you would like to do that. I'd really like for this to be interactive. So the more that people comment on my Facebook page or ask questions or whatever, I will address those comments and those questions. And that way we get a dialogue going. And I think that would be really great. So I wish you many blessings for today. Namaste.